it's just so simple. Uh, Dennis, I, I received an email from you saying that you were going to be late for this illustrious recording of episode 101. 101, the hey, new century. This is the introductory course to happy hour. This is happy hour 101. Right. Right. Welcome, freshman. Right. Today, everyone take your seats. Quiet down. I received an email from you saying, which I responded because your email sounded very much like the famous who can write a story in six words example that is attributed to Hemingway, where he said, for sale, colon, baby shoes, comma, never worn, which is just a, like, what a great narrative in six words like that's uh, i've right. never heard of anyone doing it any better than that because like it evokes emotion yes in immediate imagination so you told me you said might be late truck stolen so is there a story there or should we just talk about something else <laughs> in the cold from, of michigan start from the beginning okay in the, in the cold of michigan yes when you're visiting friends and you have a new car while you're inside you can click a switch and it'll start up and stay locked and warm up for you. Right. This new technology new to me in my back in era. the old days, you would just leave it running if you were going to run it. In fact, this is a 2001 truck. So the truck is back in the old days. And of there course you, you do leave it running. So the uh, truck was uh, idling, thus warming up outside a neighborhood about two miles from here. And during the time span, you were delivering a, being... some drugs or something. Where were you? <laughs> You were talking with your dealer? I played, played the fifth. Okay. But while it was being warmed up, somebody went, oh, shit, there's a fucking warm ride, and jumped in it and drove away. <laughs> and we haven't seen the truck since. Huh. Police reports and police officers visit Kalamazoo Public Safety Department. Just the best I've ever encountered. Nice. Absolutely the best. Responsive, efficient. They pretend you know, to care about your missing vehicle. Well, even though they know that I don't want it recovered because I want a new truck. Oh. So you're not totally admitting to having, having an accomplice take it <laughs> and leave it in the dump. I thought about that after the fact. I thought, so this, I, I thought, like so a plot this thing is how in, it would be done. That's like a plot thing in your honor. This is how it would be done. You say, hey, listen, I'm going to leave it running, whatever. Right. You jump in and still my truck. But what we're going to do is we're going to strip out the engine, which is worth 600, the tires, which are worth 400, the battery, which is 200, various bits and pieces, toolbox worth 300, on and on. Right. And we'll take that, and you get half of that, plus I get a new truck. Where does the guy take it? He takes it to a barn eight miles in the country right. where there's electricity, and you can take the fucking car apart. It's a fucking chop shop, the double-deal chop shop. So what will be interesting, right? is that I'm thinking about this just so that's the way they do it. So now I know that what they're thinking is they got to make sure that's not what I'm doing. But now that I've already thought of it, I can't act like I've never heard about it before. We can't publish this episode, at least not with this clip. Until after I sell half the truck and get the, uh, and get the money get for the, the truck money. Yeah. Until yeah. after that, then we're good. For seven years. No, wait, wait a minute. No, seven years. You have to wait. Okay. This well, will be episode... 7,000. Seven years? No. Seven years? Be 700. Two. So seven times 50. 350. 350. And we're at 100 now. So episode 452. Uh, Welcome to episode 452 of, yes. of uh, Happy Hour. What was that? Oh, man. It was one of those new vehicles. 
Hey, Dennis, is that your hover truck? <laughs> What's that? Remember, remember that thing I told you about the guy that made the noises of the of the motorcycles? Suzuki. Right. Yeah. So what kind of truck are you going to get now that you have a well, truck-shaped hole in your life? This is an interesting thing. Now, here's the deal is that the truck can't be, they don't cut a check unless the truck is what you might call akin to being declared dead. So there's a, a 48 hour waiting period before you can get reimbursement for a rental. Today I rented a car and it cost me $4 and 16 cents a day. Damn. After insurance. That, so now we got that car. We, we could put that on the, on the Patreon account. We'll, we'll expense that. We could, we <laughs> could, that's a day though. And now we got to wait two weeks. After it's first reported, according to the lady, my insurance person, mm-hmm. it's all very high tech. Jennifer, a little text message, you write Jennifer and you get an automatic text that says, Jennifer will be back with you within the close of business today. And then Jennifer doesn't come back. And so we write, who wrote this? Jennifer's not getting coffee. It's, I'm writing this for Jennifer. And I write back and say, but who are you? And then there's this long silence. And then I get this thing back and said, why do you care? And I knew that something was happening that was beyond my, my imagination. Could you get it to open the pod bay doors or? No, that's not possible on this trip. Hey, so I got, speaking of equipment, guess what I'm sitting in? A new case, a new chair. Ah, I went chair shopping con- the other day. Conformed. This is, if you know anything about chairs, which you probably might, you might. I didn't until a, a case. week ago. This is a case chair uh-huh. this chair goes for between 500 550 i got it for 90 bucks nice you just did you like pistol whip the guy or, or Second, <laughs> let me put it this way he was sitting on this chair behind the desk and i just had to have it uh, let's just say let's just say that i was convincing persuasive yes i made him an offer is that steel case or yes. Case. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I tweeted the other day, a month ago, that I'm in the market for a new chair because my current chair, which is 18 years old now from Ikea and has served me really well. I spend more hours in this chair than I do anywhere else. And it's ha- it's starting to disintegrate. Like the faux leather plastic is just like falling apart. And so I on Twitter, I said, hey, I need ideas for a office chair. And of course, everyone is so opinionated about their office chair choices. Actually, I got a whole bunch of feedback. <clears throat> and some of the most interesting feedback I got was one of the first ones was someone said, look, don't buy an internet chair. Don't search online. You have to go to the showroom and, and sit in all of them and yeah. choose that way. And I was like, that, that's interesting, but not so convenient because I live in a little... If you get a good one, the odds are great. You spend some money on it. The odds are great. But yeah. And, and like I said, I, I spend so many hours in, in my office chair that I'm willing to spend a lot of money on a good chair. Yeah. But uh, but then I got a message from a local American expat that I've never actually met, but like she's the husband of a teacher that used to teach my kids, which is weird. And she said, hey, there's a local place where they actually manufacture the chairs there and they have this huge showroom. Why don't you stop by there? Wow. And I, I said, that's pretty interesting. And, but I can't get there because it takes so like, it's like a 20 minute car ride away, but I don't, I rarely have a car available to me. But the other day I had to go to renew my residency card to live in Spain. 
and I was able to borrow a car from a friend. And on the way back from that, I was able to stop at this chair place and just this huge, huge showroom full of, it looks like the largest open plan office outside uh-huh. of Silicon Warehouse. Valley, but it was just all desks and chairs and shit. And so I sat in a bunch of them and the, the lady had time to attend to me and talk to me about features and things and where you're like, I'm looking now at this Steelcase website and how they have these, a lot of them, them are mesh, which is a cool, it's just a common thing now. And they have this like lumbar support thing that you can lower and raise from the back. And anyway, but these are all manufactured like right there in this little village. Huh. And it's a company that was started from, from this guy that used to build little desks for school children. Huh. They think of the little cubby hole underneath and the little part uh-huh. cut out so you uh-huh. can put your pencil uh-huh. there up top and it's all uh-huh. down. Uh-huh. And it turns out they're, they just make office furniture and I, and they must, and, but like they make also, they also make stuff like, like for conference rooms and for waiting areas for a waiting room. And they make stuff that looks like the kind of chairs you sit in at an airport and they must just have people come in and order and put like in a hundred, like a $50,000 order for, to furnish a whole office space and they make their money that way. But so I got to sit in a bunch of these chairs and I chose one. And so I'm going to order that chair, but I'm probably going to order a desk too. But that's going to happen when I move my office to the other apartment. And the other apartment is still, we had the painter in today to give us a quote on painting it. And there's still some things that need fixing there with electrical, blah, blah, blah. And within a couple months, I hope to be in a new space. And will you have a view out the... That's, yes, that's the... that's the Where your desk will be, right? Out that big front window? No, that's where my desk, not where my desk will be. The place, the, the view that I showed you is on the balcony. And it's, I wonder if there's a, a way to face that on a desk. Not really in this, in the current space. There are windows and I will have, I will be able to open them and get plenty of light because this is South facing right. and we're in the Northern hemisphere and we're going to get lots of light. But sometimes I will definitely in the summer, take my laptop out to the balcony and just sit out there and, right. and chill and pretend. That's like a nice working. little works, but you might have a little tiny, uh, tiny desk out there. Like the one Trump used when he signed his papers. Right. Speaking of little children's school desks, yeah. very much yes. like that. So anyway, I, and the, it was interesting. The 300 euro models were better than the 200 euro models and also better than the 500 euro models. Like the really expensive chairs are the ones that have a thousand different little adjustments, the ways that you can adjust it. And that's important if a bunch of people are going to be using it. And they want to, oh, 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 right. but the fact that this is a personal chair just for me, it makes sense to get a chair that fits me and then not need so many other adjustment knobs. And so you're minutes away from a decision. Probably I've decided to buy that chair for sure. I'm not going to order it yet because I'm going to wait until that space is available. I'm probably going to get a, a new desk too. Yeah. And they have pretty nice desks there too. Again, it's all manufactured there. And which is uh, nice, which is nice because I would much rather it's local. Well, yeah. First of all, it, they're going to, for orders of at least what my chair costs uh, for orders of over 200, they will deliver and set it up for you, which, you know, is great. I've done my fair share of office chair building when I was a kid. And every time my parents bought an office chair, uh, it was like, Hey, let's have Eric set it up. But the, it's nice that they are going to come and build it and put it together and make sure that it works. And also if it ever breaks, there I've got go. someone to call. Whereas if we were to call chair fixers. Yes. Whereas if it was an internet chair, I would be contacting some, some Jennifer bot and she would be telling me, have I checked the screws properly? 
I asked her to make sure that the automobile, which my policy states is available 48 hours after the reported incident, and that by all rights, that means so that by Tuesday morning at three in the morning or otherwise Monday night, that I would be driving a car. So Monday came and went and Jennifer's alter ego wrote and said, Jennifer will be in touch with you as soon as she is able. And sure enough, Jennifer was able and she wrote me and she said, yes, that's correct. And I have put it in my diary to take care of this today. Thank you. Send it off. It gets to be four o'clock. And I Wait, so when did this message. happen? This was days ago. Sunday would have been Sunday morning, 3 a.m. That your truck was stolen? Yes. You were at someone's house at 3 a.m. with your truck running no, outside? No, I never said that. <laughs> I never said I was at someone's house at 3 a.m. Your, your truck was? Yes, there you go. Now you're following the story. That's good. I thought for a moment that I might have lost you completely. Ah, uh, so you might not have been the driver. How would it work if I wasn't there and the truck was if I was the driver? You could have just walked away. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> right. Hey, not only did I leave it running, but I walked I forgot, home. I forgot it was out there and I walked home. <laughs> Which was handy because then I could call the police. Right, exactly. From the warmth of my home. Oh shit, hey, will you go check to see if my truck is still running? <laughs> I kind of doubt it. Somebody's probably stolen it by now. But anyway, and then call me and then if it is gone, then you might as well start up a report. Where are you, sir? I walked home. I've already started filling out the insurance claim. Yes. <laughs> nice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can you just put it on hold a minute? I got another call. Oh, Johnny. Yeah. You're at the barn. All right, man. Start taking her apart. Burn Oops. all the evidence. Forgot to forgot to change lines. It's the police on the other line. Who do you tell? Who are you talking to? No one. Who's Joey? Nobody. That was about another truck. Not not this one. No, that's about a truck he had. Right. Joey's truck. Look like mine. <laughs> yeah. So, so what this... am I looking for a vehicle? It's an interesting question because remember, I still got my sports car. So my sports car is being stored at the facility up the road. It's a nice, a nice 40 minute drive, but it's only 245 bucks for three months to store my car. You, It's like long-term parking. In, inside. Yeah. In a building that doesn't freeze. That makes sense. Concrete floor. I forget that, that you're in a constant battle with the weather up there and you can't just leave your... That's cheaper than leaving it running out on the street <laughs> for six months. Well, you got to hope that the guy gets in it and, and starts to drive away and all of a sudden it fucking runs out of gas. Right, exactly. We found your truck. Because it's been idling. It's out of gas right up the street. Idling for 35 hours. Yeah. So, you know, if I were to get a truck, I would get a, I had my wish list, I'd get a, a Toyota Tundra, a cab and a half, open bed. Are you allowed to four. buy foreign cars in Michigan? Is that? Yeah, there's a hefty tax, but when you tax a Toyota, it simply is competitive with the other cars. When you tax if, a Toyota. If they didn't tax it, everybody would be driving one because they're $3,000 less. <laughs> right. But then I've been looking at a forerunner which is another four by four, but it's got a closed in. I'm thinking I would sleep back there. I want a vehicle I can sleep in. I want to be able to take the, and that's the thing where I don't think I'm going to get a truck. I got a forerunner that I closed truck. Remember John's truck? Would you leave it idling when you were sleeping in the back? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just saying, <laughs> what if you woke up in, in Wisconsin and the guy that took the, the truck didn't look in the back and you were just like, hey, Hey, where are we? I got to pee. Can you stop? Hey, 
Yeah. Uh, and then and then just get a tow package on it, and then instead of having a truck, just use a trailer because I only need the bed of the truck occasionally. And if I have a, a trailer, which I, I have a trailer, I have a trailer that's four wheels all in the center, and it used to be uh, all four wheels are in the center. Yeah, yeah. The, there's four wheels, and they're in the center of the vehicle. So when you have it unhitched, it'll lean downward toward the toward the hitch because it's off balance. It's not a wagon; it's a trailer, but it's four wheels. Gotcha. Now you know the difference. You didn't know the difference, but anyway. So then I could put down the passenger seat, unfold it, and then push the passenger seat in the front all the way up, and there'd be a nice three foot area where I could throw my sleep, cushion in a sleeping bag and that's sleep a, in the back of it. That's the thing I've never really grokked about Americans and their pickups is so many American pickup trucks, they're actually used to carry loads that would not fit in a car like once or twice a year. And like, it's, it seems like most people a lot of people, like there's a bunch of suburban folks that have a, have a pickup truck that they never fill full of gravel or mulch or whatever. Right? Because the, the guy just likes to drive a truck. Because they yeah. like having a truck, like a truck. And, and they like and the masculinity the of the on TV is like, right. oh. Well, since I was a contractor for this house, you can't imagine how much I use that damn truck and the trailer. So a part of my concrete house, you remember the story, episode what, 52, when, the, when I was patching up the house? That was quite a while. Uh, you've been patching for now patch there's Adams. a slab coming off the side of the house. So imagine big house, and this is the size of the slab that's falling off the house. You walk up to the house, and the height of the slab is at your chest. Chest slab, yep. That's up from there to the ground down. And then you walk from a window where it's bulging out and cracked to the next window, which is three long paces. Okay. That's chest and three long paces. Yep. That's the size of the slab that's coming off my house. What do you mean the slab is coming off your house? It's a concrete house. And the concrete, I've told you this, remember the house made out of wood, that when I opened it up, you could still smell the red pine. It was so fresh. Right. But on the other side of that is, is uh, tar paper. And the big bed wolf. Blue and, blue. <laughs> then these little thin strips of wood. And to the little strips of wood is stapled a screen. So there's a space between the tar paper and the screen, and it's about a quarter of an inch deep. So it's raised up. Right. So you may take your concrete mix that doesn't have any stone in it yet, and you take your trowel and you push. In the old day, you take your trowel of concrete and you push it through that concrete so that it went all the way to the wood, to the tar paper. So it was a quarter of an inch thick in, and then you left it a quarter of an inch thick out so right in the dead center in these long strips are this wire that's embedded in a half an inch of concrete. And that's your wall, part of it. And then you finish it off. Is that rebar or some other kind of wire? No, rebar is what you put in the ground to do the same kind of thing. Okay. To give you a, a vertical uh, strong hold. But this is attached. And now imagine this, that what I do is that on, on before I put the strips on, but there's the bare house. The red pine house back in the day, 1908, yep. when it was put up. First, I buy cement board, which is paneling. Obviously. That is made out of what? Cement. 
and it's very narrow. It's quarter uh, eighth of an inch or quarter of an inch thick. Narrow is what I use. Quarter of an inch thin. And you, you you cut it and you put it on top of the wood now, and you drill it in with little screws all over. it all over. Yep. So it's uptight. It's good. You then you put your you then you don't you don't need you, you put your strips up, or you let's see yeah you put your strips up, and then when you push the concrete through the net, the wet concrete. Oh yeah. It yeah, touches the concrete board, the cement board, which then starts to deteriorate from the moisture and the wet of the concrete, and it all opens up and gets wet. About halfway through it, it gets moist and wet, and then it all dries together. And now the concrete you applied is now interrelated in a symbiotic, peaceful expression of concrete love, cement love, real love, where they're together. Yes. And they're integrated. And it's no longer an integration, but it's a isolation of the two of them together. A union. One set of cement that's what i'm talking about oh baby i need to so imagine how strong that is okay okay now and then on top of that you take that same concrete mixture which is so much lime so much concrete so much sand mixed in a mixture which you mix mm-hmm. up with a big hoe and a big wheelbarrow lime and in this the hoe. time yep. you throw in a certain kind of a stone because when you put your next layer on, while that layer you just put on that went through the screen is wet, while right. that's still wet, you put on the finer layer. But this layer is stoned. Articulates a stone pattern, which gives this house. Yes. It's uh, look. It's concrete look. Stony look. Here's the stucco can mean a bunch of things. Well, here's the question: When you put in stone, yes. What size stone do you use? And the way you find out is you look at the wall that you're patching and you put your hand up against it and uh-huh. you have to examine the bumps. Now it's painted over the top of the stone, which has got concrete around it. So the stones are all softened. They're not sharp stones jutting out. You don't actually see stones, bumps. Right. And then it's painted. So when I patched, I use pea stone, thus named because it's about the size of a pea, but it's fairly uniform in size and quite clean after you wash it. That's what I used, and it didn't match my house. It didn't. didn't match the stucco. You know why? They didn't use pea stone. They used crushed concrete. Oh my God. That they cut into quarter inch smaller pieces. Crushed concrete. And that's oh, why the stone on my wall, when you put your hand on it, is all different. It's not like a uniform thing to it. It's like there's a lumpy here, and it's all There's peas, and there's some jagged stuff, yes. and then so, there's. This slab is coming off, so I'm about to. So, so uh, that's my next project, my, like, one of my spring projects. This is super fascinating, and everyone that that enjoys your uh, home, you know, that is home improvement. You know who does? I've uh, got some data. Uh, 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 I've got some data. Uh, Let me lay it on you. Lay it in on Finland, me like concrete. In Finland, yes, we were 76 in popularity of comedy. 76. This isn't funny. We've now, that's the good news. Yeah. And this will tell you something about how important 76 is because we dropped 51 points and we're now at 76 well, minus, uh, minus 51 or plus 51. No, <laughs> 51 worse. I can't do math in happy hour. <laughs> so uh, well, I have a question about your slab situation because clearly this is a thing that we're going to be going over and over and over again in the future. <laughs> how... Like all of this is that's all right. that's the layers of concrete over and over. All again. of this is all connected to your house with all the concrete that has 
melded together and mated and become one unified concrete being. But you're saying that part of it is falling out, falling off? So imagine back in the day when they don't have cement board, they only have tar paper. It, I'm going to imagine, imagine that I know what those two things are. Yes. Tar paper? What the fuck is tar paper? You don't know the black roll paper that you fucking roll on a roof before you put shingles on it? Why would I know you really not know that? Why do I know what tar paper is? Hold on. Google, Google, oh, Google. Google it. It's a black paper. It's sure. a flannel thing. You put it on a house before you put on your siding of your house or you put on your roof. It's a barrier. It's a vapor barrier. In a vapor barrier? It's, so it, it's a petroleum-based product. Well, and you staple it up. It's got lines on it. You staple it. Okay. Tar paper. So back in the day, also think of this. Back in the day, they didn't have aluminum screws and they didn't have electric staple guns. And so what they used, you put the wire onto the, the strips. It was metal tacks that they nailed in with a hammer. Yep. One by and one. those metal tacks are nailing in a screen, which is not galvanized steel because they didn't have galvanized steel there. They just had steel. So that's what all of it's predicated on. So imagine this. Some time ago, someone's living in the house. It's about 75 years, 80 years after the house was built. It's now 1975, something like that, 65, 85. Good so years. We've got this new way to insulate a house. All you do is you drill a hole in, in the in, in the outside of your house, and you drill it all, you drill it all the way till you get to the pine wood. Then you keep drilling, and on the other side of that pine wood, there's a pocket. And that pocket is formed because that pine wood is nailed to studs that are two inches by four inches. So there's a four inch pocket. And then on the other pine side of the stud is the inside wall. And you know what that's made out of? Uh, pine. No. Tar paper. No. Strips of wood going cross, cross net like a woven pattern and mm -hmm. with uh, mortar pushed into it. You live in a basket? Mortar pushed into it. So that when the mortar goes through the, the, the cracks behind the woven uh, strips, that it spreads out and hardens and affixes to that. And then over the top of that, they put in this house a heavy mortar that's almost like concrete. And all the walls have got a rough look to them. To get through my walls is a foot and a half. You have to have an 18-inch drill to get from the inside of my house to the outside of my house. Ooh, Ooh baby. So what's falling off is this, is that when they drilled the hole to put in the insulation, they saved, they didn't save the plug that went in there, which they should have done. Instead, they took a mixture and they plugged the hole with a mixture of mortar and then it dried and then they paint, it was painted over and they went on their way. And if you looked at the house, you could see that there's this circles everywhere. Huh. And you say, oh, that's insulation. They didn't do a very good job of hiding those holes. So the mortar that they put on was not consummate with the concrete Ooh. so unlike concrete the mortar shrunk and when it shrunk that little core that it was in had an open rim and in that open rim just a slight crack moisture could get in and <sighs> then condensed on the inside no of where that mortar was and drip 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 not just when it rained but when it was moist and dripped and dripped and this is what happened Ooh. it did that for 75 years and the metal drip net drip which was the recipient drip. of the dripping rotted corrupted <laughs> and broke break from the then the weight of the sticks and the concrete right all the weight 
of gravity pulling it off the house, that final mixture with the stone, or in my case, the crushed concrete. I got it. <laughs> Ergo, your slab is... Pulls it away from the heaviest part down, and it's a slab. That's probably a thousand pounds or what or it'll be broken up into man-sized carryable pieces but you lay down a drop cloth of great big canvas and then get a sledgehammer goggles earmuffs and break it into pieces that are just right to carry you don't want a bunch of little stuff and then you pull it off and i learned that the first way i did it i would cut the top square so that when i was putting in my uh, board my cement board in my screen it was square then i learned square leaves a line Leave it jagged so it blends, even though that's a bigger pain in the ass, quite a much bigger pain in the ass. If you don't want people to see that you've replaced the slab, be irregular about the edging. Right. That now, makes sense. I don't know who would know that. I know that. But I did it wrong nine times. This is my 10th patch. And not of the same house. Yes. Your 10th patch of the same? Jesus. Not this. Some of them were only one foot by, by seven inches. And how many of those that you did wrong in square did someone say, hey, what's up with your wall there? Nobody. It's just you. It's all in your in your mind, in your... People look you, at you my see house it. and they say, wow, look at that house. And I say, yeah, I patched it. And they'd say, really, where? And I'd say... What, but you what, see what? it. You see oh, it I, and you see your your faults and your yes. all of your yes. failures in... It's a microcosm of my in, life. Right in there. life in general. Right it's uh, a microcosm, I tell you. That's like... That, but that's like everything. Like... Uh, Whenever you perform anything, in my experience, in my very, 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 thank God, limited experience of performing like a play or something, but also in in a music concert or giving a conference talk or something, I see, I'm aware of all of the mistakes that I made or the things that I skipped over, the things that I messed up, and no one in the audience has notices those. No. But you do. No one does. No exactly. One does. Everyone, yeah, everyone says, oh, that was amazing. That was perfect. And it's perfect except for the three notes that I left out of that fourth measure or whatever. But yeah, it's so those are, that's just life, man. It's, you see your own mistakes in a different way. Wouldn't it be nice to, to not, but whatever. I could see clearly now the rain has come. Drip, drip. I can see all my concrete drip, slip away. Drip, 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 drip. The drip, drip, drip is going to kill me someday. It'll be a long, long, long summer day. Ooh, summer. Wouldn't that be nice? You know what it was today? 63. Mm, baby. Took the, took, took the child to the park. <laughs> she, she was, we played a hair cutter. She had a little kitty and a little doggy, and that we were at two different locations on the playground and would call her up for a hair appointment and they would come in and we'd put them on a chair and fit, pretend scissors to cut their hair. And she had a waiting room and she made a little car out of two stones to drive them from her house to... Isn't that just the best age to play with a child where <laughs> they just have this imagination and this desire just, to replicate everything that they see? It's wide and, open. Yes. It's... So, so as I'm the cutter, and there's a, one of these topsy-turvy chairs that you sit in at the park, where you sit in it and you move it around, and because it's on a post, it's tilted, and the cart's tilted, it's got a real funny spin to it, but it spins itself. It's very quick. So that would be where I'd cut the hair, and then to dry their hair, I would spin it, she would say, spin it to dry their hair. A couple of times, the little animal, the little stuffed animal flew off. Oh, no. 
from the centrifugal force, and she thought it was hilarious. Of course, of course. She 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 held her stomach and she laughed so hard. And when I picked this, and I would go to the animal and say, "Oh, what's the matter? You're okay. Come here, little doggy." And then we'd sit there, and she'd laugh, and she'd say, "Do it again." <laughs> right. Exactly. And, oh, no it. But so nice to be able to get that out of the house. And I was smart. I took because it's it's a little over a mile up the road. So I'm glad I strolled her because even though she's pushing four, it's still a ways. And I sure as hell don't want to care. Anyway, that was fun to get out. There were swans. The swans were chasing the ducks over the ice. It was amazing. It was she had she had quite the a swans nice were chasing the ducks over the ice. Yes. What a lovely picture you conjure. That's a how many words is that? Swans chasing the ducks over the ice. Seven. One too many. Yes. It's not as good. Not as good as anyway. Swans chasing ducks over the ice. Over ice. You don't need the... Ah. Swans chasing ducks over ice. That's only five, though. Swans chasing ducks over ice. You want six. Over ice. We can come up with a more colorful... Because that was true. Otherwise, where would the ducks and the geese be if some of the water wasn't open? Right. Melting ice. Over the thin ice. Swamp ducks over thin no, ice. No, that's not the same. Because it's, it's, thin in the, in the, it's thin in the late fall, too. This is a lot of water from thawing. Thawing is from the not the melting ice, the thawing ice. Yeah, but on thin ice is, has, a, has a meaning that we're trying to evoke. Thawing ice has an emotion that's embedded within the ice, and you're missing it. Drip. You're missing it. Drip. Drip. I can see clearly now. Thawing ice. stopped. Yes. Hmm. Swans chasing ducks over thawing ice. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually wearing my, my, my thawing. You are? You're wearing uh, your what? My thawing. God. Oh, so uh, what do you think about Finland? 76 was pretty good. I did 127. It's not bad. Compared to Uruguay, we were 700 something. Of course, we were... In our heyday in Uruguay, we were 642. We dropped down into the high 700s I mean, in Uruguay. But Finland, I think we might be all the rage. Do you know any I, Finnish? I, I was booked to go to Helsinki in 2020. To and that's a, why, and they've been following stock. you ever since, man. They've been and, waiting for you. And I, I was supposed to go there, and 2020 happened, and I wasn't able to. I was still able to give whatever I was going to give online, but it wasn't as fun. And there were there was much less beer and Finnish spoken. And saunas. The Finnish men, they love their saunas. That's it. some cake and go out to a sauna. They love... They, there are more saunas per person in Finland than by far anywhere else. And I don't know. They just like to get naked and moist. I don't know. And hot. I'm halfway there as we speak. <laughs> yes. I'm down to my thawing. Did I say thawing? <laughs> Were you, did I say that word? Did I say thawing when I was... Talking about the, the ice was thawing. chasing ducks over thawing ice. <laughs> so, uh, Snow softly on cedars. Ooh, that's the title of a great book, great novel, and a movie starring uh, Ethan Hawke. Actually, Ethan and all the great movies. We, as a family, fabulous movie. My my wife has been saying, has been repeating for many months. We need to watch the movie White Fang which was a Jack London book uh, about life in, in Alaska. And we finally got around to watching it, and it stars a super young, he must be 20 years old or less, Ethan Hawke, 
where have you seen the movie White Fang? No, a, but I know the book. It's a Disney movie. It's pretty Disneyed, but at the very beginning, they say in really big letters, they say, "Look, although it looks like it, no animals suffered at all in making this movie." But it was it was a fun thing about Boy Meets Wolf. Is that one you sent me? I did not send you. You sent me something that said, yeah, I don't I know said, if you could get this, but it'd be a good one for you to watch with yes. your kids. Or Oh, geez, maybe I did. If I said something about watching with kids. Yeah, so it was... I think it was. It was good, but it was a super baby Ethan. Like, yeah. he looked so, so young yeah. and, and young. So I sent you this week, I've been watching and have almost finished a movie called The Report. Uh-huh. And in the opening title... It's. It says that the movie is called the Torture Report, but then the word torture is like is like redacted out, which oh. I thought was super clever, because it's all about Abu Ghraib and how the U.S. did just the worst fucking things. Oh to, my god, to people, and it's fairly. They don't show a lot of the torture, but there's definitely a scene where they figured out how to shoot and waterboarding. All the, everyone that I've, there were some journalists when this was going on, there were some journalists that, that, that were curious and volunteered to be waterboarded just to see what it was like. And they had their way of saying, Stopping it. their way of saying uncle was to, they had a piece of metal or something in their hand. And if they wanted it to stop, they would release that and it would fall to the floor and everyone would know we need to stop this. And from what I remember reading, every single journalist that did this, it was less than a second that they released. They were like, stop immediately. Like, I can't take, I cannot take a full second of this. And just how horrible that experience is. And that's not even, and like the brilliance of the, whoever conceived of waterboarding is that it's, it doesn't leave any marks, right? It's not like you're plucking out someone's fingernails or you're chopping off limbs or toes or something. It's totally a, an experience that you cannot stand, but then there's no real evidence. Apparently there were some people that had to actually be revived after having too much water in their lungs. But it, anyway, it, the movie goes about showing it's one of these, it's like I mentioned in the email, it feels very Aaron Sorkin, but it also feels, but it's not Aaron Sorkin. No, but it also feels sort of John Grisham. It feels very like Pelican brief. This is a nerd that is going, that is going through all the paperwork to, Nerd to, is Adam Driver. Yes, to to discover and then write up a really huge report and then be ignored by the people in power. But what a cast. Yeah, you said that. The only people I really knew from the cast were John Hamm, who is not in it very much, and Annette Benning plays Diane Feinstein. Oh. Uh, pretty perfectly. I'll uh, bet. I'll uh, bet she does. But, She's a marvelous actress. Yes, but it's it's one of those movies. Like it's sometimes a movie I'm, or a series? It's a movie. Sometimes I'm, re- I'm really in the mood for a nerd against the world uh, movie like that and right. it's it was good so, so I think that's, that's, on, amazon? that's on amazon prime yes yeah. so i joked the other day said what do you call monkeys that share their amazon account prime mates hey it's been like 99 episodes since we've talked about uh, spider monkeys in your childhood with oh, being raised well, by spider monkeys in the nun in the nunage. I thought about something the other day now that you mention it. And it was an article that flashed on my screen that said it was a black 
cougar was a black panther spotted in Kalamazoo. And it was jet black. And I instantly remembered saying the lemur. <laughs> the lemur. <laughs> the lemur. The lemur. I'm trying to pronounce it French. It's just very French. Lemur. <laughs> Le Mille. Run across the road down in uh, Florida when we lived down there. And there later was a collection that it might have been, I lived down there, yeah, that it might have been a spider monkey. That was the, the genesis of it. Right. There's a. They've been, they've been with me ever since. There's one on your shoulder now, virtually. As we speak. The, there's a lemur zoo, lemur sanctuary or whatever in Durham, North Carolina. Oh. That I've been to. That's uh, pretty interesting. Hey, you know what happened today to date the uh, date the show? What happened today? The COVID-19 package passed the, both chambers about a half hour ago. Yep. Now into law. 1.9 trillion. 1.9 trillion. It's going to take the 20% lowest income people in the United States and increase their income level by 20%. It's going to eliminate poverty for an astounding percentage of America's children. It's And it's all because the Democrats are in charge. And the, and the Republicans are saying, you need to be bipartisan. 76% of the American people support it. 56 of the Republicans support it. And they didn't get one fucking vote in the Congress. Talk about being out of touch. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, this money is coming from just cr- creating it out of thin air. We're borrowing it. Yeah, we're adding to the deficit. Right. That's yeah. you know what the deficit is. The deficit. The deficit trillion. is who cares? Is what it is. Twenty-seven trillion. Yeah. So one point nine. To do this, fuck yes. What what is the fucking defense budget add to that motherfucking twenty seven right. trillion every fucking year? At I any mean, rate, it's got, as some critics said, it's got a whole lot more in it than just to fight COVID. And it's yeah, it's because you know who was hurt? Poor people, black people, and uh-huh. we're fucking tired of it. We're going to end it here and now. And if you don't want to vote for it, don't vote for it. Republican mayors, Republican governors, Republicans rank and file throughout this country support this in the majority. And you want to say in Congress that it's not bipartisan? Sure it is. We've got Republican support all over the place. The trouble with you is that you're not thinking about what we're thinking about, which is the people. You're thinking about your own little power. Exactly. And they don't care about that. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Nobody wants to fuck you. Th- those 56% of Republicans are thinking, what in the fuck is your problem? You won't help me. Fuck you. Independence, 76% support it. This, as my wife said, good. Let them keep shooting themselves in the foot until there's nothing there but a stubby motherfucking ankle. Stubby motherfucking ankle. Yes. Like I heard some liberals were a little whiny about how the $15 minimum wage got cut from the bill. But on the whole, what a huge win for the party that cares for the little people. It's it's just good to see good shit happening. Biden's approval rating, 60%. Better than Trump's, 16 points better than Trump ever got to. Exactly. Yeah. Huge. And Merrick Gardner was Garland. Garland was appointed the attorney general today. Yes. This is huge. Bipartisan support at the congressional level, not just the rank and file, bipartisan. How how bizarre. It's because of who he is. He is astounding. He, Biden. No, no, no. He, Merrick. Merrick, Merrick Garland. Yes. Yes, he's amazing. 
And everybody's known it all the time. He's a near perfect jurist for everybody's taste. He's just fair, just, it's all about the law, stellar. And even Lindsey Graham said, I support you doing this, no problem. I mean, that you, when you juxtapose that appointment vote with Republican support to the, the COVID-19 bill, you see the stark contrast, right? Of this party that can't seem to get their shit together at all. They either think Biden's doing a good job or not. Why not support the president for a couple of years? Because he's one of them and not one of us? Uh, different tribe. Yeah. 1.9 trillion. That's We're almost there with our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Javier. We need another 1.9.000000 trillion to get up to that. Hey, so, so I saw the second episode of Beartown. Did you? I've been meaning to watch that. Like I, no third episode. No, uh, third. Whenever I get a moment to consume television, I think I know there's something I should be watching, but then I go and find something else. But I need to watch Bear Town, at least the first episode, just to get a feel for what this. You're is gonna about. like it. You're gonna like it. And, and I still haven't finished the the Pope thing, but oh yeah, yeah. I don't have oh, much time. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't start the season two. No, I just did it all again okay. after you started watching it. Fuck. Because I want to remind myself. Well, I did it two nights. Happy free time to you, pal. <laughs> Some of us have have jobs and, job. and, and children to I'm, raise. I work from six in the morning until four or five o'clock every afternoon. So then well, I kill two hours every night. Well, okay. A couple episodes, but I do it every night. It's like Groundhog Day. Hey, so did you see the the drive that DeChambeau drove over? I did. Water? That was all over golf Twitter that I... 370 I yards. Where he just cut off this huge crescent of a fairway. Dog leg left. And just said, like, he must have looked so weird on the tee. You didn't see it? I, I didn't. I saw the reports. I saw the shot of the ball flying, but I didn't see him standing on the tee aiming do left like he would have been. He was aiming straight over the water. Yeah, I imagine he would have been, but I imagine the tee box was aimed out towards oh, yeah. humans would go. But uh, the thing about his swing and how he hit it, it looked like just a, another intense swing. He looks, he's so powerful. He swings it just as fucking, he doesn't swing it as hard as he can every time. Right. He swings it very hard every time. And so this was a thing of beauty. And then he put his arms up in the air and he did it. And it was very Tiger-esque actually. And, and then the next day, his playmate there, oh, what the fuck is his name? His ball did end up in the rough, we must say. It did, it did. It, because it, it if you're right. shooting for a horizontally for a fairway 370 right. fucking yards away, you might overshoot by five or six One went, yards. Yes, they both went, I believe they both went a bit left. And interestingly enough, he got birdie. You know what the guy's got who played it the regular way? Eagle. Birdie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe an eagle. I don't know about an eagle. Nobody would eagle that hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He could. Right. But if he but, drove the green, he'd be shooting for an albatross. It was a par five, five right? Yeah. True albatross. Yes. Yeah. Great that you can do that, but if it doesn't really give you that much advantage, what's the what's the the driving record? Longest drive, four eighteen on the PGA. No, in the, the contest, the long drive contest. 427, 418? Probably, but they use like really crazy, like flexible shafts and shit. Uh, here's a site that says 10 longest drives of all time. Uh, 
787 yards. Was that on the moon? The longest drive ever recorded on a golf course, full stop. Carl Cooper's 1992 hit combined a firm whack with some tarmac-related good fortune to register a drive at almost 800 yards. 1992 Texas Open, Cooper smacked a drive down the par-4 third hole, which landed on concrete cart path angled downhill. As per the laws of physics, the ball took an almighty bound, bouncing down the path with increasing speed. By the time the ball had left the concrete, it was 787 yards from its original destination. (laughs) That's a quadruple book. Hold on. In an incredible hit, though, Cooper would probably have preferred something shorter. It cost him a round-killing double bogey. A double bogey. If you overshoot, it's a look. What it, it's a it's a third hole. We don't know what part it is. We'll say it's a par four. If you overshoot a they par said four, it was a par four. It is a par four. It is a par yeah par four third hole. Yes. So that's double the length of a par four. Yeah. So then you have another par four coming back. Right. <laughs> right. God only knows what. Yeah. So the next is Mike Austin five fifteen yards on the fifteen on the fifth hole. And then Tiger Woods is 498. Really? Before recurrent injuries and back troubles, Tiger was at his pinnacle of the world of golf, and he was a pretty long driver. It was easy for gets because the quality and blah, 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 blah. He unhooked a driver of prestigious length. Yeah. Okay. All of these are like special cases with like cart path bounces. Including Tigers? I would imagine. You can't, no one can drive the ball 500 yards. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Well, could have, it could have hit a, maybe not a car path, could have hit a rock. Well. I, somebody hit the, was it Rory McIlroy who hit the ball and it landed in the water, hit it, bounced off and rolled up in the fairway? And what was so unusual about it, it had a 92-foot apex, so it wasn't like it was a water burner or a worm burner, huh. like it would skip. It was a fucking high drive. I didn't see that. Yeah, he ended up going in the water twice at different shots. That same six hole that DeChambeau fucking killed. Right. Hit it in the water twice in a row, ended up with a double. Kicked him out of the tournament. Knocked him out, I should say. Not kicked him out. So I've been following ricocheted coverage of this Prince Harry, Meghan Markle oh, yeah, uh, interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I saw the whole interview. Did you? Yeah. And one of the takes I love is from The Onion. You may recall we talked about the onions yeah. biting biting coverage last week. The headline is Meghan Markle reveals Royals worried about her worried her son would not have family's sickly rancid skin. <laughs> what? Worried that her son would not have family's sickly rancid skin. <laughs> rancid? Yes. She says, Oh my was, word. When I was pregnant with Archie, Harry was approached by a member of his family who expressed apprehension that our baby might not have the disgustingly translucent and putrid complexions that they are known for. The Duchess of Sussex told interviewer Oprah Winfrey. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> explaining that the unease stemmed from the fact that her son would be the first Windsor in history to not have to not be so pallid and heinous that even stepping foot in the sun would cause his fragile skin to blister and boil. <laughs> this, per- <laughs> this person reminded Harry that it had taken centuries of intermarriage between the British peerage and other reigning families of Northern Europe to produce a bloodline with remarkably thin pigment-free dermal layers that crack, bleed, and bruise with the, at the slightest contact. So good. Oh, my word. That this is all hilarious. reflecting the uh, the reveal that someone in the family was concerned that yes. the child How dark might, would Archie be? might not be 
as white as, as the rest of us are. Anyway, it, it ends with, uh, as the interview ventured into emotionally difficult subjects, Marco was often seen holding Prince Harry's revoltingly cadaverous hand for support. <laughs> so good. It's like, uh, yes. And the whole, like, today there's a big thing where where Piers Morgan yeah. got upset and ran off set and quit a job and stuff because he wants to be... Wants he to be said, I wouldn't believe Meghan Markle if she was telling me what the weather was. <laughs> exactly. Just classy. Not Man, at all. Fuck, who the fuck asked you, Piers Morgan? Who the fuck are you anyway? Fucking Larry King wannabe. He's a pretty big deal in, in the UK. He, he is oh, the... Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Tucker Carlson or what's the other... Rush Fox News guy. He's dead. Yeah. Rush. Yeah. He's one of those knuckle fucks that gets views by saying outrageous shit and et cetera, et cetera. Anywho. So we got, we got uh, another fairly Trump free news cycle. The one that I tickled me was the Trump brand is suing three major, the three major Republican entities that manage fundraising for the Republican party and gave them a cease and desist to use Donald Trump's name or his image at any fundraising, saying that was an infringement on the Trump brand. Nice. In other words, I'm the one who's going to make and control the money, not you. This is my money. I'm the one that, you can't use my name to raise your money. The Republicans wrote back? Sure we can. It's the First Amendment right to use a public figure. It's history. Yes. Your dumbass wanted to... Another stupid lawsuit. Just, yeah. You'd love to be a Trump lawyer. Of course, he probably doesn't fucking pay him. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. You'd love to be a paid Trump lawyer, but I would not work for Trump for a contract for a million dollars because... You wouldn't get a million I wouldn't dollars. get it. So That's for sure. It, yeah. We almost survived not mentioning his name. Almost. But but it's... I think the last episode we had seen his CPAC straw poll at 55%. We talked about that, right? Yes, you were reporting so, live. And the back. fact is that with this erosion of the economic power that Biden has just unleashed, that benefits millions and millions and millions and millions of Republicans, puts money in their pocket, gives them loans, millions of Republicans. You think they're going to go, they're going to want to go back to fucking Trump? I'll tell you, he's got, a, he's got that core base and he can raise a lot of money from them and he can do a lot of damage. But at the end of the day, you know what he can't do? He can't win a vote. He's never won the popular vote. In the last 18 years, there's only been one year that the Republicans won the popular vote for the presidential race. Once in 18 years. Once. Yep. So much for our fabled fucking electoral college. Yeah. Built only because of the difficulty of determining what the votes were any other way. And like reforming the Electoral College could not be lower on Biden's agenda. Once you get in, you're not, you don't care so much about let's all do ranked choice voting. Right. Blah, 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 blah. So anyway. Well, man, this is, this is a week of 60 degree weather, warm sun. And then uh, a 30 degree plunge Ooh. the next two days, and there is snow forecast. I hope your slabs stay where they should be, and your shed holds the weight of the snow. <laughs> My shed, what? Holds, holds the, the weight of the snow. Oh, the weight of the snow. Yes. Huh. 
The weight of the snow. The weight of the snow. The weight of the white snow. Truck idling. Never seen again. Don't believe I'll wait for you, darling. Don't believe I'll stick around. All the weather's just too cold, dear. I got to get right into town. It's not the weight that will kill you when the snow comes crashing down. You'll suffocate for lack of air, dear. So I, I think I'll get to town. Yeehaw, brother. Yeehaw. Hey. Hey. May your truck go with God. Okay, class, that does it for Happy Hour 101. You can find your assigned reading at happyhour.fm slash 101. You can pay for this illustrious education at patreon.com slash happy hour. And just be good to each other. Watch some TV. Enjoy yourself. And we'll see you next week.